welcome to where the furniture isn't always the best, but them views, they are amazing. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. I am your host, B. Jones, man. I got my man, BJ, down bottom with the bricks. Brick City, what's happening? Hey, man, we trying to build this thing, keep it up. I agree. Everybody, brick by brick. Brick by brick. brick. By brick. Exactly. Fresh, what's going on, man, with the unity? Unite in the background, man. I'm loving the background. Man, another, you know, K always try to take us to Wakanda. It's another beautiful day in Zamunda over here. We just living off the fat of the land, baby. Coach K, man, you got to explain his background for us just a little bit, man. I'm he too young. He's too young for that, K. You said he's too young for that? No, nah, man. You don't even know that. I, I got the public enemy in the background, man. It's all good. Yeah, man. That's from Fear of a Black Planet. Oh, okay, okay. Thank you for connecting all of the dots. Fear of a Black Planet. Are we afraid of the Black Planet? Oh, I don't think we are. No, we know what that looks like for the other side, though. Mm-hmm. Well, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, man. Now, first off, I want to start off by commending you fellas. Uh, for standing in for me last week and and holding it down in such a massive way. Um, I gave you all my commentary on the podcast already, but um, just everything that uh, y'all spoke on, all of the points that y'all hit, man, I really wish I was able to add to it. Um, And I will today, but I just think that y'all hit, you know, all of the pressure points that we as black men need to be hitting in the light of, you know, our current situation and circumstances. Uh, we definitely appreciate that. Um, you know, it's always uh, it's always a uh, an interesting um, situation when we got to feel feel your spot. But uh, we try to do the best that we can and 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 still uh, deliver a quality show. Um, you know, people don't really understand how much you uh, you keep stuff together and keep us from um, just getting crazy. So, um, you know, hopefully we can get too far off the rails and and, and we did a good job last week. Nah, man, y'all, y'all the ones to keep it all in line, man. I think the biggest, uh, one of the biggest things, man, I appreciate it uh, from the podcast. And there's so many, but that rage aspect, man, when y'all put it into words, um, just how we feel, um, that was that was so helpful uh, because we get asked, and y'all hit it all the time. I'm being asked, you know, how do you feel? What are you thinking? What are you going through? And, you know, it's a, it's a gamut of emotions. Uh, but to sum it up in one word, I, I mean, I wish it was a, a catchy acronym we could put to that thing, but the, the rage uh, is it, just, this is really where I'm at, man. Um, and seeing the world raging with us um, has been huge. I'm not the biggest on social media. I haven't stayed in the news so much, um, just trying to control the space and the energy um, around me, but just knowing that you know, people are finally coming to the table and understanding how this is a a, a world issue. You know what I'm saying? This is something that needs to be handled on a world stage and us continually stepping up to the plate to get it there. I just want to see that, you know, continue to push forward. I think that's an excellent point because as far as being the United States, the, the, the tables are normally turned. We're usually jumping in to support some other country's cause or to say that, hey, this is unjust and leading that charge. Now, all of a sudden, you have the rest of the world 
that's saying, United States, you need to get your act together. What are you guys doing over there to black people? Um, so that, so that's, just, that's just interesting to see that. And this, you know, you think of every major city and, and something's going on. There's, there's been some protest, some sign of, hey, we're with you. And that's just awesome to see. And what's even? Go ahead. I think that's definitely been one of the most powerful things about it is that it hasn't um, just been a, a, a fleeting moment. And that even as much as they try to, oh, well, you know, there's convictions for the, the murderers of George Floyd, so you guys should settle down. That has not been no what's resonated with people. But even just the. Um, the charges. Exactly. The charges being uh, mm -hmm. uh, put on them that everyone. Well, those masses tried to get uh, uh, you know, us to settle down and act like that was supposed to be the stopping point. But the fact that people are continuing to allow the message to be what it is so far past um, just Floyd's murder and the understanding of the, uh, you know, the pushing down of the people. Yeah, man. I mean, when's the last time you've seen an injustice like this happen and over a two week span? the protests and the marches do nothing but rise. You know, we are understanding and getting back to, well, I hope that we're getting back to, I'm seeing it, but we're getting back to, you know, understanding that things don't happen in a week's time span or even a month's time span. You know, when you talk about the boycotts and during the civil rights era, I see you Spidey. Or was that, uh, what is that? Um, what's the other one? Maybe this is better. Man is hype. <laughs> Thank you, Asher, for derailing this whole conversation. Exactly. You're amazing for that. <laughs> man, the boycotts in the '60s from the civil rights movement, man, and how these things lasted for a, a it lasted for a year um, upwards of that. So, looking at this. Um, the things that are happening, you know, D.C. having Black Lives Matter Boulevard or whatever exactly, you know, it is. But having the state, you know, the, the D.C. mayor come out and like put that to the forefront. We got some of our very own um, Trinice, B.J.'s folk out there making it happen in a big way in D.C. So and then watching it, watching everything happen all over the, the country. Um, it's just powerful. And I think there's so many ways that people can get involved. And we'll list some of them as we go through the, through the podcast um, to keep the momentum going and understanding that there are a variety of areas that we're going to have to focus on, not just the political aspect that we speak on very much so, but the community aspect, the policing aspect, the educational aspect, all of those are very important to pay attention to um, in the midst of everything that we, going on, we have going on right now. Um, I want to pose to you guys um, just to see how over the last week um, your interactions have been, uh, because I can tell you mine have been um, quite astonishing when it comes to people of the alternate race or other races. Um, you know, I was doing a bike ride in over by the airport, BWI bike trail on a Saturday. Never ridden a bike before. I promise you it's one of the best workouts you can get. Just make sure you got the right bike and not trying to go biking with a mountain bike. It's terrible. But that's a story for another day. Um, but I swear, every white person I rode past made it a point 
to like, hey, how you doing? Or speak in some sort of manner. And it got to the point where it was like, wow, this is like really weird. Because I've never had that happen in, in such a, a grand fashion, you know, before. So, you know, when you have the larger corporations taking a, a stance, uh, being vocal about where they stand on the issue, whether it be genuine or not. Um, you know, some of us that still work in these corporate entities have been asked to step to the forefront of this issue and, you know, kind of speak on it or whatever. So let's just, you know, talk to me about your, your interactions, man, and how it's been <laughs> for you over the last last week. <laughs> that was that power story right there. My dog is ready for it. Go ahead, BJ. You got the mic. Interactions of last week, um, totally different than what I would say is normal. Um, saying much more people are in tune, I believe, to what's going on. Um, questioning, how you doing? How's your family doing? Um, again, I want to believe everything is genuine. Um, and, and wanting to really understand like what's going on, what I'm thinking, but at sometimes you do get to the point where you just don't want to talk no more about it because it's just you're on like repeat mode all day long with with those conversations though so again I, I I'm grateful for the conversation but sometimes it's like it can be overwhelming sometimes because like you said it, it's weird it's different because you normally don't get that many people asking you how you're doing or what you're thinking or how the family's doing um but again the gen um people being genuine with it um if it is genuine I, I do respect it and honor it um one of the things that i've been able to be a part of is again if i look at the makeup of of our church um we're one of maybe a 10 a dozen black families that are represented in the church um so when we when we talk about it i've been given a platform that um and one of the gentlemen who's actually coming back to our church um as a supporting pastor um, have been in a platform to, to speak on a Facebook live event the last two Mondays about just our perspective and, and keeping it in biblical foundation as well. But that found that method of, of, of talk has actually opened the eyes and ears, I believe a lot of people in the church as well. Um, because sometimes it's, it's ignored. Sometimes it's overlooked um, that those things or those feelings aren't harbored amongst Christians, and that's a total lie, right? Um, that if anybody would ever say that is not truthful, then I don't know where they attend or what, they, what they're really observing in the world. Um, but I can honestly say the one thing that's kind of been, and I had the conversation earlier with a coworker, like the one thing that's hurtful, I work for the state of Florida Department of Education, and I'm still waiting for them. I'm waiting for my department to say something uh, um, a, a statement about some stance, some supportive, some, some say something. Um, so that's been the frustrating part, actually. We, we talk about it. It's not just a, a, a police action. I mean, when you come down to it, these are things that, why are we in education? The fight for equity, fight for equality. That's really what I'm in this thing for, right? When I look at it, a lot of my work revolves around black and brown children across the state of Florida, but not solely. It's a socioeconomic issue in the state of Florida because I, when I go from Miami-Dade to Broward to Polk County to Orange County, depending on what neighborhood I'm in, 
it's not about just the black kids or the Hispanic kids. It's the same white kids as well that live in the trailer park in this whole area trying to buy trailer parks when I'm in Polk County or St. Lucie County. Um, so there, my perspective is, again, this is an issue that stems, yes, in the black community because we're talking about the situation and something's been systemic for a long time, but we got a lot of work to do. And a system like the education system for the state of Florida, I, I, I need somebody, those are the people you would expect to hear from me. And when they're silent, it's like, it just leaves you wondering. That's very interesting because I was having a conversation with a good friend of mine last night and she was telling me something very similar with her organization that she works for. And I think it's, it's pretty sad that, you know, companies are still taking the stance of talking or having conversation about these issues as taboo, especially when we've come through the climate of diversity and equity inclusion and have been building like this monstrous platform off of that and to be hit with this storm of social injustice. And it's been over a long period of time, but even within like a short period of time to be hit with something, hit with a storm like this and not step mm -hmm. to the forefront, um, it calls into question the leadership of such organizations. Um, and I think that those working for these organizations, you know, she was questioning, you know, her loyalty to it. Um, and if it hadn't, you know, people are in situations, you know, where you got to provide, right? But she was just like, nah, you know, I'm going to take some time off. I'm going to take this day off and I'm going to take the next week off to, you know, process my emotions, you know what I'm saying? Figure out what all I have going on and figure out if this is actually the right fit to me, you know, kind of taking that power back. I, I made the same thing before we got on night. I got one more day of work tomorrow, then I'm gonna be off for seven days. I got some soul searching to do. Um, and that's just being totally, totally transparent. It's very uh, interesting, like you said, watching how a lot of these corporations are playing this situation. Taking note of the ones who still decide to skirt around the main issue while it's I don't even know the word watching so many organizations, you know, look to contribute so much money that they say, I'm always, where's all of this money going? What is their way of doing? Hey, we're pledging 500 million. We're going to pledge, you know, a hundred million to the black communities, but where's this money going? What are they doing? What's the paper trail on that? And, and, and kind of seeing what goes from there, because right now you are seeing an ex extreme influx of corporations, large corporations saying they're pledging insane amounts of money, but what is the the track on that? What is, where, where are they taking this money to? What does that mean? How is it being used and all of that? I think that's a very, okay. I think that's a great point um, about where the money's going I'm very curious to know how the money is going to be used mm -hmm. uh, when it's donated to certain organizations. Um, and then the other thing is, is that I think for a lot of these corporations, and I, I can totally see the school board going this way, where they're going to claim they don't want to get involved because it's political and politics is not something they discuss in their workplace or politics is not something that uh, the school boards and, and want to be involved in but this is so much more than politics and 
why wouldn't you? If, if I'm the schools, I'm definitely involved and I'm definitely supporting making a stand because some of that funding that we're talking about defunding and exactly. it's a whole nother conversation. All right. That's a whole nother conversation that we'll get to, but you stand to gain something in this. So even if your interest is not genuine, you could at least fake it for a little bit, right? <laughs> to see if you can secure your interest. But look, obviously look, there's, in my opinion, there's a lot of corporations, a lot of places faking it right now just because they don't want to be on the wrong side of this. Because I think since they've seen this large scale ability to organize and do things, nobody wants to be listed on the wrong side saying that this particular company, this organization, this entity said nothing during this time. And now you know what? We gonna boycott you. Yeah, and it's, it's um, the um, game. Do you really wanna be that guy? Do you yeah, really wanna be, really be that guy? It's been the power of the call out, right? Like that's been one of the, the biggest uh, forces during this, this time and this moment is how many people are calling out um, regular Karens, but also, you know, these corporations or these CEOs who have made these, these crazy statements, whether they thought it was a personal statement on whatever. The, I, I know I saw a guy who owned want to say a company or something else like that where he tried to say that it was his his nephew got a hold of his family he's the one who posted that you know anti-black message and it's just a interesting well it's interesting to see people get called out but then it's also interesting to watch the the way that they try to backslide right? things that they try to 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 throw it on or to the biggest thing is being able to say it's political right to try to, to guise it as, oh, it's a political thing. And I don't talk politics. I saw a guy who said that he, he he quit his Amazon Prime membership because he logged into Amazon and he saw Black Lives Matter. And, you know, nobody better not better not be telling me about no politics, the X, Y, Z. I don't talk about politics with corporations and da-da-da. And I'm it's... I want my two-day, that's it. Yo, and it's, it's always so interesting... To, to me to watch those types of people who will at the end of the day I don't care I feel you're racist period like there's no compromise in my thought process on the people who allow these false um, representations of what's really going on to be what they try to keep on pushing but it's it's fascinating to me the the fact that they can still have this this like blind um life like they can still feel like you look at uh candace whatever that owens is that her name oh my god Uh, like you look at somebody like her and it's 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 almost like watching a very slow train wreck because you're sitting there so fascinated listening to what she's views and are so confused and perplexed as to how her analysis has led to these like points of information it's just like you really strongly believe that these things are factual and like, you know, make sense in your eyes. Or I know I was in a, I wasn't even, I was watching this one, even though I've been in a, a few social media. Um, uh, I don't want to say battles. I don't be trying to battle these people. I don't want it to be aggressive. Oh, but, you be you know, battling, bro. And you be oh, winning, man. Oh, I have, I'm loving it. <laughs> I have, but it's, 
I know um, someone who looks down upon us, their first defense is to try to make it seem like we are um, uneducated or that we are very aggressive or things. So I always try to make sure when I get into those moments with people online that I take the breath of being able to um, TI them and, and really, you know, make sure whatever I'm saying is very powerful and poignant, but it's also, you know, it's breaking down something. It isn't just saying, hey, you're dumb racist, and I think dumb. It's, it's figuring out how to really make sure whatever I say is not just a blanketed statement, is going past just, you know, uh, doing because that's their other first thing always to try to oh you're doing the same thing that you say that you don't want to do so and it's like i actually i'm not but i I make sure to very poignantly push you know to to break that stuff down but going back i was on social media (laughs) (laughs) and i saw like three different points off of this thing where we going where we going (laughs) but um she was breaking down trying to say that um, in a sense, and this was a white lady saying that black people's plight was in a sense their own and that people who can't get out of a bad situation is their own mental issues uh, in a sense that are, are the black like and, and because we are so focused on the past that we are blocking our blessings in a sense of accomplishment for now and in the future. And it was it's almost gut-wrenching listening to people spew this craziness and you're like, what? Like, you really think that that's, that's the, the, the contributing factor to why minorities have it so hard in the societies because we are still talking about slavery and that's, you know, it, it's got us down. And, uh, and I can't remember the words or the emotion that you use of like the cloud of what it leaves over you, but it was, um, <laughs> it was crazy. It was crazy. Well, to, to to respond to those individuals, I just say level the playing field and see what happens. Level the playing field and see what happens. Uh, because but, but to them, they, they feel that playing field is already leveled. That's what is interesting. Like, her her viewpoint, and I mean, I had to, she, she was on one of my friend's um, feeds and, like, it was all in one conversation. I mean, so many people were, were getting at her and she was Going back with so many people, I had to. I had to block her, and I never once. I only my two engagements were one. I told her to take several seats, and then the second engagement was I just told everybody to block her and to report her profile as um, racist because it was just like I couldn't take just reading what she was spewing anymore and knowing like she really thought she was coming from. Uh, 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 like she was really thought she was a resource of information of why we were doing so bad and that like she was going at people talking about um, it was you know our, our you're harboring on to old aggressions and things that you've dealt with in the past the past is the past just leave it there and you would you know I've made it because I did hard work in XYZ and that's why I'm successful because my and, uh, you know heritage they didn't have it easy getting here it was it was a lot it was a lot. It was a lot. I mean, the statistics speak for themselves. Um, if it was so equitable, we wouldn't have uh, set-asides for minorities. If it was so equitable, we wouldn't have... Um, damn, the words just went out of my head. What is Affirmative it called? action. Affirmative action. Uh, so, you know, again, you know, you level the playing field, you, you see where we are. Um, 
going back to I think uh, earlier point BJ made, and it it was I was th- looking at it from a leadership standpoint because you you got the the school boards and you brought it up again too fresh when you were talking about the nephew or the the adult blaming it on a nephew or maybe a younger nephew. Um, but I think there's a a larger sense of responsibility uh, that has to be taken uh, for folk, for folk in those leadership roles because when you're talking about the head of a school or the head of a school board or whatever, you know, you're responsible for, for young minds and they're impressionable. And even if they're getting the worst of the worst at home, you know, to validate it on a place where they spend the majority of their day, eight to 10 hours or whatever, they spend more, most kids spend more time with their school or aftercare than they even spend with their parents. So to not be able to give a strong statement in what should be the equitable and justice uh, direction, you know, is a problem. When I'm looking at protests and I see, you know, there has to be a white person to jump in between a black person and a policeman's baton, you know, there, there's, there's clearly a problem. But that leadership is, you know, what I think is, is most important right now. And it's not just important for us. It's important for those that stand beside us and get it and understand it to kind of help put themselves in the middle of this situation to continue to, to, to help us progress forward. I have another, BJ, you're on mute. Sorry, I put it on mute because my internet was like, no. It's gonna be, because the, the sad part is, it's gonna be, think about the kids that are in school now. I'm, I'm thinking K-12, right? Mm-hmm. It's gonna be that generation First of all, they, they're seeing everything at a younger age because of social media, because of the meet, the news, the internet, everything they're on. So they're much more aware of things going on in the world. Yes, we saw stuff growing up in the news, watching news with our parents or coming to the house and stuff was on from grandma and them when we were younger, but they're bombarded with it today. That generation is going to be the benefactors or, or the change makers. Either one, they're going to benefit from whatever results from all of this, right? Mm-hmm. So you think about, and we may, I think it was last week we made the comment that, like, think about it. On this call, six kids are represented from the ages of Asher's about to be four, about to be three. Four. About to be three. Four. Be four. Lord. Yeah. Thomas. Yeah. About to be four. Uh, to my oldest is 13. And Nia's how old? Be 11 in a couple of days. Okay. So, yeah. So my, my son is the oldest, right? So from four to 13, that's six kids. And the comment was made, every generation before us has not been able to do this. Mm -hmm. We have a chance to get it right for their sake. And if we're not doing that, shame on us. And I say say that as a blanket statement, because I know people are trying, but if we can't get it right for them, then, then, then they're, they're stuck with it, trying to figure out, they're gonna be going through the same conversations 20, 30 years from now about how they feel about their kids not being able to go out or be safe or be protected. And that cycle will never be broken. I think that's the, um, like I always say, the, the gift and the curse of the internet, right? Is it's because of right now an exposure that a, you know, there have been four, five, six, seven year old kids who have watched George Floyd be murdered. You know what I mean? And have actually seen the video where back in our time, um, and even before that, you talk about real civil rights, a lot more of it was um, hearsay, you know, and, and voice feed than being able to 
visually see it repeatedly, you know, in your face. And that's been one of the biggest factors and the biggest um, causes for uh, a real, um, to me, it brings excitement because I see so many videos now of, especially a lot of young white children calling their parents out, you know, doing things and, 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 and saying things and, and being vocal and, and, and saying they're distaste for what's going on, even though you know they're not fully aware of how deep and systemic it truly is. The fact that they are holding those conversations and are making those the forefront of what's going on and willing to speak out, go and protest and do things of this nature uh, is one of the the few things that really has me, you know, feeling that our future is bright and especially when it comes to the children, that they really have a focus and thought process that they're not going to allow this to, to continue. You know what it is, man. I mean, the social connectedness between these kids is unreal, you know, from what they watch on YouTube, the TikToks and all these other social media platforms. I mean, they don't, they, they're understanding a little bit more. Like you said, they might not have a full understanding of history, but they're understanding a little bit more of what human interaction is, is, is supposed to be. And like you said, they, they understand there's a disconnect from what they're feeling, what they believe in, whether it's their friends, whether it's just, they just know wrong is wrong and what their parents and grandparents are saying in response to everything that's going on. And when you have a kid, that's, that's what I tell people, Racism isn't inherited. It's alert behavior. It's a consistent somebody telling you or making the jokes of an X, Y, Z. I think you just broke it. Down. It is. It is definitely not something that is just just as soon as you come out that you're uh, have a distaste for anybody. But that's also what has allowed that momentum to grow in these younger generations. Connectivity, right? The fact that they they do have friends all over the world, you know, playing Fortnite and are hanging out and doing stuff. And that's really what has allowed for that understanding, that exposure. Well, wait a minute, you told me that all, you know, black people do X, Y, Z, and I got several friends who have never done that. You know what I mean? And, and being able to have that dialogue and see, I thought they talked like this, or I thought, you know, they hung out like that, and that's not true. And being able to, to talk about it, have that dialogue and call people out has been one of the, um, most powerful things to see in real time. Speaking of the kids, uh, because I had to have a really interesting conversation with Nia uh, on Saturday, and it was swirling around the protest because she was so fearful of actually being out and around because of the things that she had seen on whether it be social media or heard or whatever her friends talk about. And, you know, you never... It's hard to really know what your kids take in, but it's really important to have these types of conversations with them. So I encourage every parent to take some time, especially with your older children, if you haven't already, to really try to help them process through whatever they may be taking in and ask them, you know, what are you seeing? What are you hearing? Um, I saw a New York Times article on it and, you know, it just made me think and jump in and ask the question. And so we talked about it and she understood that, you know, somebody had died or whatever, but she didn't know the severity of the whole George Floyd situation. And she knew people were protesting. And funny enough, we're learning about the Bill of Rights and social studies. So, you know, all of these things that are supposed to pull us together. 
Um, but the, the thing that I really had to drive home for her was the fear aspect of it because I don't want her to ever react or rely on fear as an act, you know, motivating factor. You know, we talked about the, the, the fears that you come into life with, um, but I had to help her process, you know, information because the news will have you thinking a completely different thing, you know what I'm saying, than what's actually happening on the ground and choose to highlight what they want. And so when we talking about what's going on in DC, I had to show her videos of like the true cultural aspect of it. And one of the protests where they out there, it's basically a big party. Uh, Go-go music going, people out there, you know, rocking, protesting, you know, you got your chants and your marches and everything, but no, no violence, no, no police brutality. And not that these things aren't happening in different places across the, the nation, but getting her to understand that it's, it's, it, there's a much larger purpose and even if these things were to happen, you know, you don't have to fear being around your people uh, and, and understanding what, what that kind of means. So I know, BJ, you got older child, older children, you know what I'm saying? How do you go about having those conversations? Madison was probably in the same boat as Nia because I had no idea. She was coming to me about all the stuff that she was seeing on TikTok. And again, I'm not on TikTok. I, I don't ever plan to create the TikTok account. Um, we, we not even a family TikTok. Dang, hit me with that joint the other day. He was like, "We got to do a family TikTok." <laughs> Gina, Gina has one. I let her monitor that piece. Um, that's that's just something I'm like, I, I'm good. Um, I don't even want to learn that 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 part of it. I, we talk about it, but but she has seen so much stuff and just had questions. And again, I think she was fearful too when we talked about potentially going to one of the portraits last week. Um, and about it, but her thing was that what she was seeing. She's thinking we're going to be cop in the middle of something and then be rushed by like, but we had like you, we had to show that there are other protests going on. We, there are other, there's stuff all around the community, all around the United States that people are protesting peacefully, that the rioting and looting that's supposedly going on and occurring during the protests. Um, I actually went back and showed her the videos of, that's not really the protesters, right? And in, in, in cases. So it's really just by educating. The whole piece is just showing the whole picture. Like we tell, like I tell anybody, if you're getting your news from one news source, you're you're a very one-sided individual and lopsided have lopsided views. You have I'm not saying you gotta believe everything, but you should look at all the things. I had the conversation. My pastor he actually said he's Hispanic. He's one of the associate pastors, but he said he was because he watches the news in many different languages and to see what's going on. He said you'd be surprised that the Hispanic news. They'll just talk about the protest. They're not talking about, they're not showing the video what happened. They're not showing all that. They're just talking about the rioting and looting going on. So you got a whole group of Hispanics that watch nothing but that news station that think it's just an uprising. All the black people out here about to burn everything down. Like, that's that's how you think communism works. <laughs> like, they should, they should be what you But want. that's what, yeah, media is so powerful. And you're right, man. Like, that was a big thing just a couple uh, last week was that like the Latin Kings uh, had something where they told the cops, you ain't got to worry about coming in here. We shooting all, all black people type stuff. And it was because there was a disconnect of understanding of what was going on. And, and they went straight to that. And it was, it was a tense situation for a minute until there was dialogue between some of the other gangs there in, in um, California and some other areas where, those types of situations were happening, that, that misinformation, that 
uh, media only presenting one one piece of what it is and people getting the assumption that, oh, just like you said, oh my goodness, it, it, black people are gonna burn everything down and they just wanna kill everybody um, because this guy died. And, and it's, it's a lot, it's a lot. You got like several things you wanna let out, Kay. <laughs> No, I'm, I'm just listening, man. You know, <laughs> you guys are right. It's all about what's being portrayed. And unfortunately, that is the tool that's being used to either fuel this, to discredit this. Um, you just never know. So when you mentioned the thing about the Latin Kings, um, you know, the Latin Kings were on the news here in Chicago because there's a part um, – you know, where, where they are, that they said, nah, nobody's coming in here looting, nobody's coming in here causing trouble. And they were actually, like, strapped, you know, rifles and everything. Ready. Yeah. Uh, ready. You could see them stand up on top of buildings and stuff, just monitoring what was going on. They were checking cars that came by. And they even showed a clip of the police rolling by and told them, good job, Cicero, because that's the, the part of Chicago that they were in. And they told them, good job. And uh, the cops just kept on rolling. That's a huge just, part, man. I saw actually Chris's dad put me on to something he said he saw in the news, and I think that's a huge call to action to all the gangs in America for real because uh, you got to have it. You know, not only do we need to be trained on guns, and I'm working on that this week and everything, but for those who have it already in these communities, and you spoke about it last week uh, when you tiptoed around Farrakhan. Uh, Carol, but that was one of his uh, his calling cards when we were at the Million Man March, uh, was for the gangs to step up and to police their communities. Um, it's huge, and I mean that'd be that would have a monumental effect on any and everything going forward. It it, it will, but it's funny because there's another part to that, mm -hmm. and it's okay now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things where or later um, on. It, it may be, it may not be okay. It turns There's another into, side of it where now we're are you protecting these businesses because this is where you wash your money. Are you protecting you. these businesses for a, a fee? Like, yeah. so there's other things involved, right? That it got to be the right type of situation. It's, it's, I absolutely it's, understand. It's the narrative, yeah. and it's it, it's all on how it's covered. Yeah, I, I got you. I got I've you. seen several. Um, especially artists, you know, speak to exactly that. But I think um, that's been one of the, the things I've been trying to understand. I feel like there's going to be some type of justice force or something new that's going to come out that there is, there's no more quote unquote police, but there's now the justice force or, you know what I mean? Something that is this new level of protection for the community, but it's got a different type of, um, I don't know, you know, some somehow how you are able to be in the justice force has to be, you know, involved in racial sensitivity training and X, Y, Z or other things. But I just feel that that's, that's where the momentum is going is that they are um, doing a good job making it um, a blanketed police uh, feeling of it needs to be totally disbanded, but I don't feel that conversation is fully talked out to get what what does that mean where does that go how does that i don't think it needs to be disbanded 
Yeah. However, it needs to be restructured. There, that's, and, yes. And, and that's part of that defund it, conversation, correct? Correct. That's part of the defunding conversation. And I, I think, to me, there's three things that need to be looked at. One is who are you hiring, right? If you're hiring, look, all about supporting vets, got a lot of vets in my family, but you need to vet the vets that you're hiring, right? There's a certain amount of PTSD, that, and, and that's a whole nother situation, right? Now we're looking at a domino effect. You take some people that may not have gotten the, the attention that they needed when they got out or, or while they were still in, they didn't get the proper um, reintegration into being a, 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 a civilian, and you put them in a police force, and now in their mind, look, man, they're, they're in the war zone. Period. Right, and everybody else is a, that is potentially a criminal is is the enemy. So, and it's not just vets, right? There are other people that you got to really look at these people's psychological state before you put them in a police uniform. And it's it's all there. Like every time we go through this stuff, the files are already there. I think that's the biggest thing is the there needs to be more transparency, but also just more what. I feel it's common sense in the sense of you should not have somebody who has a continued um, issues with uh, dealing with the public, dealing with, you know, uh, having, um, what do they call it, abuse or whatever else, you know, they, they call it within the police force that you have all of these issues that are, are documented, but yet you still are, are okay hiring him and saying, okay, well, he said he's not going to do it no more. And, you know, it was only in California where he did it. And, you know, there's no Koreans over here. Well, so that's why. And part of it is that, and what here is, I always say, is an independent review committee outside of the police department, a community review, whatever the case may be. Um, you go back to the idea of community policing, um, which, again, it has its drawbacks as well, because we've seen in the past that same thing that Carol just mentioned about I'm from the community. Um, now I think I run the community. Um, I think I, I can control this. Yeah. You can have a whole bunch of other mishaps with that as well, but a, a review board that reviews applications and reviews um, the recommendations of people before they can become officers, extra training um, on, on the job training with the way you actually have Psychologists and so, so, um, so, hold on. So, so, so don't skate over that because that's the second part, right? One, it's who you're hiring. Two right. is what is what does the training look like? I can't mm -hmm. remember, man. There's been so many social media postings, but there was something like a police officer spends. I don't know, man. I can't remember the exact numbers. I want to say it's 780 hours. It's maybe 12, it's 500. Hours. How many? 12 weeks, whatever that equates to. What, whatever the hours was, and then they showed yeah. some other profession that took way more hours to be certified in. And okay, so what does that look like? The training. Um, and then the third piece is, what is the goal? I think to, to serve and protect is way too broad. It's not defined enough to serve and protect who? Mm -hmm. Who are we serving and protecting? I, I think that's Great the third point. piece. And, and until there is that restructure and the redirection of funding as far as what needs to be funded, what programs, and you got to get to something. See, right now, people are approaching this as if it's a national thing that you just pass and 
boom, it's done. It's not. It's by it's 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 by city. Yeah. City town. The the top down approach that people are thinking that you have to take to this thing it makes absolutely probably gonna be that top down approach makes absolutely no sense when you understand the interworkings of all of these. It's absolutely bottom up. Yeah. Period. I think um, I'm very interested because in what is it, um, Massachusetts, where he was killed. Where was it? Minneapolis. Minnesota. Minnesota. There you go, Minneapolis. Um, he that they're actually like they they're pretty much about to have some new type yeah. of police force something come from this. So I'm very curious to see you know what that can create and where and that is going to go. They banded. They disbanded that whole the police department. I think yep. it was yes. I got to look at. But I think it was yesterday. You you're right. I remember yeah. hearing and seeing something like that. Yeah, yeah. No, they said that they're they're going to be the um, example of what should happen moving forward. So I'm extremely um, curious watching what will come out of this and how they will reinstitute some way of of justice. I think. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I know I heard somebody trying to say something along the lines of, you know, that the police, uh, pretty much that, you know, the police aren't, aren't um, like the foundation of what was not built on racism. But correct me if I'm wrong, I'm almost positive, like, police forces were built to, like, essentially help slave owners initially, like, back in the day, to help slave owners get their slaves. Like, that was the basis of and then it matured into, oh, well, we're already, you know, doing this, that we can do other things. So it's, it's. And it's even that. when they abolished slavery, I mean, all of the farmers and local entrepreneurs or whatever that were into slavery, they just matriculated themselves into the justice system. Period. So from police officers on up. So, you know, it's, it's, it's history behind that. Facts, facts, facts. Absolutely historical. Mm-hmm. Okay, and before we, oh, go ahead, sir. My, my minorities couldn't be police officers. Mm-hmm. Be wrong in that. So, okay, so I want to so go, go ahead, ahead man. Nah, I'm just saying. I, I mean, you're looking at a, a as as fresh as saying it's a very historical uh, infrastructure mm-hmm. that now needs to be torn down, and 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 we need to reset. And that's what I think it needs to happen. It's a reset. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, it's and like a fraternal order of police. Like, and and they have that that um, blue line of silence or whatever they want to call it, where that's the mm-hmm. biggest thing. Um, I I heard. I was listening to. Um, Van Lathan talk to. Um, a basketball player. Oh my God. Um. What you call it, son? Doc Rivers' son, Austin Rivers. He was talking to Austin Rivers, and Austin Rivers was saying, "Hey, you know, it's 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 hurting me because I have a lot of people I know who are cops and are in uh, law enforcement and the good people, and you know, it's crazy watching the the country kind of turn on them this, that, and third. So Van's like, "Well, look, how many people are on your basketball team?" He says, "You know, I got about 13, 14 people on the basketball team." He said, "All right, so on your basketball team, there's one guy who's raping little kids." does it all the time. Everybody knows about it, but nobody says anything and nobody does nothing to stop. 
And I'm talking about everybody, you know, from you guys, the other players, the coaches, the, the staff, everybody knows, but nobody does anything about it. How many good people are on that basketball team? He was just like, none. Like, I, you're right. And, and that's the thing is it's the calling out. It's, it's not that people are trying to say that, you know, being a cop itself automatically makes you a, a racist person, but it is the fact that if you are in this position of power, that you are not holding it up to what the the what it's meant to be or what it's perceived to be, and you will allow your quote unquote brothers and sisters to do things outside of those lines, and you not speak up, and more importantly, um directly impacted at that moment. I was just watching an interview too where, um, I don't know the guy's name, but he was interviewing one of the cops uh, who, who murdered Floyd's, uh, he was interviewing his lawyer and the lawyer out his mouth pretty much said that the other, that the public should have intervened while the cops like was pretty much trying to say like, well, like they want to act like these other cops should have done something. Why didn't they do anything? And that's like a scary thing to have a conversation about where it's like, really, you're trying to say now those people who were watching and, and like they were supposed to try to do something like they wanted to just got shot and murdered, you know, even worse that it's mm. it's just a lot. It's a lot. I hope he brings that same argument to the court date. Um, <laughs> Kay, I want to ask you about a conversation we had probably about five years ago now. Uh, we talked about this very day, um, this very revolution, right? And we had talked about uh, Obama's presence um, in history after his presidency and the figurehead he could be for something like this. We were actually trying to figure out who would be that next person, who would be that Martin Luther King or whatnot. And, you know, I was saying, like, I think it would be him uh, for obvious reasons. I mean, this is the world's president, black man, huge platform and makes sense 99.999% of the time. Um, he gave a speech last week uh, over a Zoom that I saw. Um, and again, I'm a bubble guy, so I don't really see Twitters and Instagrams and stuff. So I don't know how active he has been or hasn't been in this. But um, just in your opinion, uh, do you still think or see that or see him as being the figurehead or potential figurehead for the solidification of this movement in time yeah i don't i don't see anybody else at the moment that could command the respect unfortunately what is a detriment to him being able to do that is the number of black people that say when he was president he didn't do anything for black people and that's going to be the problem with people getting behind him um, and him being able to be as impactful as he could be. But in my opinion, and this goes back to what I was saying last week, we're going to have to understand that whoever that person is, they are not going to be perfect. They're going to be things we're not going to like. But if they are the greatest chance at unifying us all and us moving in one agreed upon direction, then you're going to have to look past certain things. And for me, again, the president only has as much power as the House and the Senate provides them. 
you can't just executive order, executive, executive this, executive that, because when you do, then they start saying, oh, well, they're turning this into a dictatorship and blah, 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 blah. So only when it's the opposite person doing it, though, because it's going on now. And that's not the argument. But well, he has half of one of the houses. So, you know, it's like or one of the yeah, houses of Congress. So Yeah. So I, I do still think that that's the guy right now. I don't know who else we could even put in that argument. I think um, The Rock. Right? I think that Barack is tired. And that's the only thing that um, I, I see as a hindrance is and I can only imagine trying so hard and then always feeling that, you know, just like you said, there's still people, you ain't do nothing. Like, you ain't, like it don't matter. And, and just the mere fact of securing the presidency, how, how much that poor black people, like period, just that alone, like how big that was is it's, um, I can only imagine how, how much that, that plays in his head and like, you know, the, the, the back and forth that he has. Um, but yeah, I would, I would say the rock, I'd say, um, and it's funny because it's always stuff like that, right? It's, it's the rock. It's a, a Will Smith. It's uh, you know what I mean? It's entertainers. Smith, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Where it's entertainers in, in kind of that fit, fit realm now where it's mm -hmm. that have that look, man, there is nothing you can say about the rock or Will Smith as far as yo, both of them actually do a good job of speaking up on injustices and are um, a very forward and progressive thinking, but also have the hearts of, you know, the vast majority of white America. <laughs> and so it definitely um, is okay, interesting yeah, thinking of the that, possibilities there. That'll be the one rub against LeBron. So, yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. Exactly. <laughs> right now, there's nothing. The moment one of them tried to take that stand, there would be something. Oh, you're right. You're mm -hmm. right. Right, all of a sudden, oh man, you know, why do you think Jada doesn't look like the way Jada used to look like? Will was yep. smacking her in the face. She had yep. to go do something. Like they'd, they'd be all well, types it's of already, stuff. Well, it's already, yo, they would open up the open relationship stuff. They would they would do all types of stuff. Right. All of a sudden the the rock, oh, the rock is really on steroids. That's why he's that big and blah, blah, blah. I mean, look, just something, and that's why I keep saying. It doesn't matter who we put out there. We need to stop falling for the same foolishness over and over again because they have a plan. They have a set of um, tactics that they put in place whenever somebody somebody raises up. The playbook and, is out. And they just totally just plant dissension and all types of stuff. Is refine that playbook in its... Um, and it sends a sidebar, but I uh watching that Jeffrey Epstein special on Netflix and you see Is it good? I saw it. I mean... Look, it's not about good. It is extremely eye opening to the fact that this guy was doing this stuff in the fucking nineties, excuse my French, but raping these little girls in the nineties was known like and was officially known about in the early two thousands and yeah, had never um 
never really, you know, was was brought fully to uh, pay for the crimes that he committed, and more importantly, the exposure of who is involved in the continued um, pedophile ring that is going on. But it was um, eye-opening watching that same rinse and repeat tactics that allows you to see how they play that game of, look, as soon as like we've been doing this forever, like the the beginning of time since we've seen um, black people uh, try to have an uprising. We already know the playbook and we just refine it, you know, every time. You know what I mean? We see what works and what doesn't. We A-B test the, the life out of it. That's why there's such an um, uh, interesting feeling in general around Black Lives Matter. And, you know, there are even black people who feel that they are a militant group designed to, you know, try to burn and tear down the country or something and don't really understand the full cause of what's going on and what it was created out of, that it's it's a, a real playbook and agenda that they run to a T across numerous things that it's until we as a people are able to pull that wool from over our eyes, it is it is a, a true uphill battle. Speaking of that, it had to be a what five years, black five six years now. Black Lives Matters. When you think about the existence from being come in the national spotlight, but when you okay, we think about an individual or even an entity. If if that's the entity, think about the historical things. Though you got the NAACP, you got all these other organizations that have been around and have platforms and have had charges to do stuff and support stuff. But where has it gotten? the larger group right that's a great question it, bj we're gonna handle that on another a, podcast yeah and and i, I leave it out there just to chew on because mm-hmm. we and I, I go to it all the time and no i don't have an answer to it we're always waiting for that one person to rise up or that it's it, it's gonna take the collective that one figurehead in my in my opinion it is almost like a coalition and not one figurehead for in order for Seriously. it to move forward Bottom line, because that waiting on one person is always going to be a sect that, that falls back to what Kay just said. Well, what about this? Back in kindergarten, this man did this. Like, well, yo, look. It's like um, Art was saying last week, though, with Hydra, where it's, it's that same situation where you have to have something big enough that if they cut off one head of the quote-unquote snake, there are still others, you know, there to replace it as opposed to it being the ability to just have this one guy that they will quickly you know, this one person that they will quickly figure out ways to tarnish the belief in what that they, they um, stand for and what they do. And so I think that is a, a strong point that there needs to be, it needs to be the unity of a group and an understanding and a movement that will allow it to, to really resonate and create the, the, the true um, improvements that we seek. I know where you're trying to go, Brett. You're trying to take us, you're trying to start our, our, our closing um, exercises, maneuvers here. But you mentioned Jeffrey Epstein, and I got to ask this. I want to answer for it. Somebody got to give us something in the comments on Facebook or IG or something. If rappers can find a way to drop verses from jail, how come we haven't heard anything from Bill Cosby? That's all I want to know. I just want to know why we haven't heard anything from Bill Cosby, who's locked up. They shut. They shut all of Bill Cosby's. That's because 
there is no media outlets who are willing to risk um, giving him any exposure at all. And I just, I know when, um, when quarantine first started, I had heard some little stuff because I know he was trying to um, be uh, taken out of jail because of quarantine. He might not even let him come out of jail for that. <laughs> and he might, he might have actually been. I have to look it up. He might have actually been successful on on getting some type of um, reprieve or like home really? base. Um, don't quote me on it, but I know he was at least seeking it because I know R. Kelly tried and got denied. I know there was somebody else who tried. That's what I was thinking of when you was talking about Epstein. I was like, oh, we got another R. Kelly. Oh, I haven't, and that's funny. I've never. Um, I've never watched any of those R. Kelly specials. Oh, I can't watch. Much. I can't. Yeah, watch. and I mean, I pretty much, I, I just already blacklisted them. You know, it's, it's. Yeah. I just yeah. never. You know what I mean? It's, it's weird because I, I would not lie. I was an avid R. Kelly fan, but it's been, uh, I guess, it, it, it speaks to how much music there truly is in the world. Because, in a sense, I did think that I would miss R. Kelly music, but at the same time, I don't know the last time I played an R. Kelly song. Can't do it. Listen to an R. Kelly song, or even like, don't get me wrong, I will sing along if one comes on. I will, but I also have the thoughts of like, dang, yeah, what was he like, thinking? What was he thinking when he wrote this? Who was yeah. this about? What was going on? <laughs> that I, it, it definitely closed well. Um, Bill Cosby, they denied his early. They release. denied it. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, Carol, one of the things that you talk about all the time, and it finally like hit home with me not too long ago, was the organization. Um, peace um, and that's that's the hydra you know the organization um, and the ability for people to channel energy together to push the agenda forward is, is so critical and there are so many ways for us to actually be involved uh, whether it's through black lives matter you know dot com I found a site um, that I was really uh, in tune to I posted a video on the 13th floor uh, Instagram page and Facebook uh, check it out. It's uh, how we fight, um, how we fight .com, and they really break down things and put a, a plan of action in together. Um, you know, there's so many ways to be involved, and we're going to post those uh, throughout the week for for those who may not already be seeing them every which way on on social media. But the organization is critical. That figurehead or the person or even if it was a telegram or a signal group, but like between the killer mics, the TIs, the Obamas, the Oprahs and all of that to like really coalesce around this and even get your world figureheads. I don't know who exactly they are, but I know I got a recording of some Palestinian or some Iranians that say, hey, we will stand with you all too. Just coordinating these efforts to continue to push the needle forward. Where, where is Oprah and Gail though? Where are Oprah and Gail? Oh, uh, they're running their, their there's a special on right now that they're doing. Oh, we're right now, okay. right, right now as we're recording, there there's a special that they're doing. See, so there it is, man. We'll we'll post those out and get those out to you before we go uh, around the robin to close this thing on out, man. Chris alluded to it <clears throat> a little earlier, but yeah, we got an announcement to make uh, for everybody on the thirteenth floor, fellas. We pregnant. Yeah. Another revolutionary, huh? Wow. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Congratulations, Congrats, brother. Congrats, man. Uh huh? 
Yeah, I'm about to say happy quarantine. <laughs> appreciate you, appreciate you. Yeah, man, we found out um, sometime in the May. I was in Florida, actually. I think it was May 29th. Um, she had given me the call or whatever. So we're going through doctor visits and trying to set up gynos and everything. She's she mad tired and hungry as shit Pregnancy all the time. brain. Huh? That's why she's been forgetting stuff. Pregnancy brain. You, you could try to blame it on that if you want. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, man, yeah, man, pregnancy, uh, it's crazy. So that's going to be a whole new adventure we're going to have on the 13th floor uh, sporadically. But yeah, definitely want to let the fellas know. Uh, man, that's awesome, business. Man. Congratulations. Wow. Congratulations. What, February, January, February? Next we don't know yet. We haven't gone to the gyno yet because we had to get insurance and everything situated. Uh, so hopefully that's going to be happening, uh, which is the end of the month at the latest. We're going to try to find somebody to do an ultrasound. Uh, earlier so we can get some information in but yeah yes sir there it, it is. is so another uh, young one we got to prepare for man and get this stuff straight for them tell oh, yeah, Asher, man, this baby is going to be Asher, um, for me. say again Asher say, Asher say it's for me Man, go Not put your mask happen. back on so we can get groovy. We want bad. We want bad boy back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to tell you where you get the red bat mask be, from. That's what I want to know. That would be that would be super Asher. Super Asher. Super oh, Asher. I like it all. Look at him. He's ready. Go get the costume, man. Where is Super Asher? Asher said I took off superhero stuff. Oh, you took off all your superhero stuff, so you're regular Asher. Now? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. All right, regular Asher. <laughs> Well, be fresh, man. We coming your way for the fresh evasion this week. Unless, Asher, you got something more to say. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut you off, sir. Break it down, Asher. Who were you when you came upstairs? Super boy. Oh, Super okay. boy. Super boy. Nice. There Who are you now? Hey, Asher, can you hear me? What's your superpower? Well, 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 now I'm going to bed. Now you're going to bed? So that's your superpower? You put everybody to sleep? One hit of kudos? I got to send y'all this video, man. My dog just straight knocked this dude out, man. Some, uh... In front uh, of that car? The Nazi? The Nazi, yes. Yes, oh, man, that video's been going around. There's this oh, one guy. Oh, my God. <laughs> he, just, he just had it replayed right here, dude. Just getting licked, just getting licked. And he just talked about, man, I got some serious questions, you know. Anybody know where he got that gray sweatshirt? The dude was he's like, man, I've been wearing the sweatshirt. Da, 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 da. You just see, ha! lit up. There's nothing like watching a, a, a racist get um, beat down. I mean, it just annihilated. It's always, it's always refreshing. It's always a uh, um, a great time. Had by all. <laughs> Yo, we we gotta we gotta send protection out for Jimmy though. I don't know what's going on out there in L.A. It's like what three videos we done seen this week with my Jimmy man. Jimmy is is living on the edge. Is that Jay, Jay, uh, Jay Fingers. Jay Fingers. Jay Fingers, baby. Yeah. Shout, shout out to Jay, Jay Fingers. Fingers. Be cool with ain't listening to the podcast. He don't listen to podcasts. Ah. Jay Fingers, stop hating, man. What you you just waiting on your invitation? Uh, Carol, call him out, man. Tell him he can come on next week. What's up? Well, as soon as people can go to the movies again, that's gonna be our our our, our black movie um, correspondent. So. Boop, just like that. That's what we got art for. No, 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 no. That's that's no, no. That's for play. 
Fresh, what you got this week, man? What you got this week, brother? Um, <laughs> all right. So I'm going to go ahead and give first a little poem snippet. Uh, many of y'all know this, Diddy, but I thought it was great to bring back a little piece for today. Um, you may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may try me in the very dirt, but still like dust I rise. Um, that is, I rise by Maya Angelou. Still I rise, excuse me. Um, but just like I said last week, and just like I'm going to continue to champion, I think now is the time to consistently and continuously stay on the next pun intended, to continuously call out these people, um, small to large corporations, on their lack of sensitivity to what is going on in the um, temperature of our nation. Uh, now is the time to make sure we are working on exposing and stomping out all pieces of racism and letting it be known. I'm not saying this call needs to be confrontational, but I do think that the voices need to be heard and you can no longer allow the, the, the people that you used to call friends or associates to continue to have the ability to speak um, down on or on topics that they should not be speaking and don't have a full understanding of. Now is the time to draw that line in the sand and to um, adamantly ensure that it is known we are not tolerating any form of racism or bigotry, and that we are going to continue to expose and annihilate it at a, a quick and rapid pace. And that is preservation. We out. Hey, listen, man, uh, dear white people, that was your public service announcement, all right? It is not the time for you to think that you can say or do whatever you want out of your mouth in public places. I mean, the Karens are getting dealt with. The, uh, the neo-Nazis are getting dealt with. I have dealt with uh, a couple of potential situations uh, with coworkers and uh, colleagues um, to make sure that people, for lack of better words, have their, get, got their minds right when dealing and approaching with us. Uh, so, you know, really, really, if, if you don't have an intelligent thought to say out of your mouth, I think you might want to keep it to yourself because we are at a point where there is no humble nature or just, you know, taking it and hey, kumbaya. No, we are going to let you know exactly where you are wrong and why you are wrong and you will have to deal with it. So please be warned that this is the time of uh, education, I should say, you know, ignorance will not be tolerated. This is forever more. This is this is not um, a a. Don't think that this is just for the summer. That we just gonna keep the summer hot. This oh no, poor, not at all. Like this is poor vita. This is poor life. This is the way it shall be forever more. Yeah, I mean, I think if you think like if you're seeing looking at what you're seeing right now, uh, you you might want to get used to it because this is only the beginning. Like we haven't even scratched the surface of where this whole thing is going. So um, yeah, just, just be open uh, to conversation and understand, uh, be humble and accountable. And uh, yeah, we're we going to be great. Uh, damn. Coach K, I almost took your thunder, bro. I was about to close it out. What you got? <laughs> no, man, y'all were on a roll, man. Y'all were doing your thing. So what I'll say is, listen, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you all tuning in. Um, you can catch this podcast every week on SoundCloud, 
Vimeo, YouTube, iTunes, Google Play, um, all of those, uh, Spotify, and, and we're still looking to be on a few more platforms. And look, we're well into this thing. So please, once again, uh, we want y'all to drop your comments. Uh, um, so many people listen that we don't even know you're listening. We'd love to know that you're listening. Um, please drop some reviews, drop some comments. And tell a friend to tell a friend. Tell a friend to tell a friend. And you know what? I, you know what's frustrating? I don't even know how many people listen to a whole podcast, to our whole podcast. I don't know how many people have ever even know that I close out the show uh, every week. I don't know. If you do, please let us know that you're listening. I mean, well, we know. We know who our regulars are that actually listen. We know who they are. We appreciate you. We love you. But um, Fresh addressed uh, the non-minority contingency, the white folks. Um, Brett did a little bit of that. I want to address the black folks and any of the minorities that are on board. Just to say that you can't be a sucker. You can't sit there and run out of breath, run out of energy. You, you, you are not allowed to get tired during this, during this movement. I'm sorry, you're just not. If you focus on what the big picture is and where we're trying to get to, you'll understand that this is not a, a, a one-man race. And we're out there, some of us are out there waiting for Hussein Bolt of the Black movement, of the Black Lives Matter movement, to see that one person that's going to run and win this race for us. And that's not it. This is a marathon relay. Thank you is what it is. And what that means is you are going to have to be the leader until you are so compelled to be led by somebody else. So that means do not wait, just start leading. Even if you're just leading yourself, you're leading you and one other person and keep, keep going until you come up on somebody else you can pass the baton to, at which point it is not your time to rest. It is your time to go and get support for that person that now has the baton. It's time for you to go get them some water, some, some whatever they need to keep going. But this is one where once we pass the baton, we go, we recharge, and we go take our place to get the baton, the baton again. Because if we just depend on a few people, look, at, listen here, one or two things are going to happen. Either A, they're going to be assassinated. B, they're going to die for the cause. And we just have to have a never-ending, infinite line of people that are ready to continue this movement. As the guys have said, a multi-headed monster. If you've got a multi-headed monster, you don't know which one you need to hit in the head to knock, to, to knock the beast down. And that's what it has to be. You're running... Uh, a marathon relay with a multi-headed monster where any one person could win the race. And that's the only way we're going to get through this. And for those of you that are wavering and, and you just, you backing up the status quo and, and, and you sitting there turning your, 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 your finger and, and, and your head up, like you too good for this, man, just, I don't even know what to tell you, man. Move, move to Antarctica with no, with no jacket. How about that? 
There it is, ladies and gentlemen. We're done here on the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. They are Thank you.